You don't have to do it yourself. Get some other people. Posse up. Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Slickshin Culture Podcast. I am your host, Iceberg Slick, the Las Vegas hustler of culture. And this is episode number three, brought to you by M-Modern Worldwide. Today, we're going to be talking about group shows, how to get into them, how to organize your own. You don't have to do it alone. I also got my first emails for the show, so I'm going to read those later on. So let's get to it without further ado. This is the Slickshin Culture Podcast, where we discuss all things art. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome to the third installment of the Slickshin Culture Podcast. So good to be here. This is fun. I've podcasted before, but never about art, which has always been my true passion. So this is fun. Just getting started. I got my first emails, which I'll be reading on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are far too kind. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking about group shows, which are my absolute favorite things to do as a curator. Working on a few right now. Um, they're, they're, they're just fun. And today we're going to be talking about group show etiquette. If you're an artist and you get invited to a group show, there's some things you should know, some things you should and shouldn't do. And we're going to be talking about how to organize your own group show, you know, or curate your own group show. But before we get to that, I want to tell you guys something that's going on in my life right now. It's pretty scary. Um, I think the government is going to kill me. Huh. I don't know why you would laugh at that. It's not exactly the funniest thing on the planet. Anyway, um, just outside of Las Vegas, Nevada, where I live, there's a place called Area 51. Okay. And for those who live outside of the U.S. or if you live under a rock, Area 51 is a top secret military installation. Long rumored to house not only alien aircraft, but actual aliens themselves. And growing up in Vegas, you hear the rumors. Everyone knows someone whose brother or sister worked there, who saw aliens or worked on some alien shit. There's actually a documentary on Netflix right now about a man named Bob Lazar who claims that he worked out there and saw aliens and worked on alien shit. But whatever the case, you cannot get close to this facility. If you start driving towards it, there's signs that pretty much say, if you come any closer, we're going to fuck you up. Now, it doesn't use those exact words, but it says something that pretty much says that. And I don't know how many people have tried or failed to make it there. But anyway, someone got the bright idea to have an event in September called Storm Area 51 right where they're urging civilians to show up near area 51 on a certain date in September and just bum rush the military base and here's their tagline the tagline says they can't catch us all and I'm like what do you think you're sneaking into a concert <laughs> do you understand what being caught means you're gonna die unless, unless you're a cyborg who's full of metal and you don't care you can still talk even when your body's dismantled. I would suggest you don't do this. But anyway, 
they, they have an event page on Facebook, right? Just like any other event. You know how event pages work on Facebook. They have options. You, you, could, you could push going, interested, or I'm not going to be able to make it. So the other day, I'm just scrolling through Facebook, and I happened to see that event page called Storm Area 51. And I was like, you know what? Let me look into this thing. Let me see what people are talking about. So I click on it, and I notice that the going button is clicked from my account, as if I clicked, I am going to go to this event. So I immediately click, I'm not going to go. But I think it's too late. I think I've already been flagged. I'm on some kind of list. You know, because, you know, the government, they watch everything we do. They know what books I listen to on audible.com. So they already know I believe in aliens. So they might think I'm interested in storming their military facility. But listen, government, if you're listening, untap my phone, uh, you know, just take me off your list. I, I have no intentions of storming your military facility. I don't. You know, even though I do believe that aliens are here and I believe that you guys are fucking with alien technology out there. I have no interest in knowing about it. Now, let me say for the record, okay, I probably will be in the general area on that day because I saw that Arby's uh, just announced that they're going to be handing out free food to anyone who shows up. So if you see me there, I'm just getting some free roast beef sandwiches and I'm going to turn right around and go right back to Vegas. So please take me off your list. And to the rest of you, anybody planning to go out there, don't go. You're going to die. Okay, Because if they do have alien technology out there, that means they more than likely have alien weaponry. They probably have some shit that'll mow the entire crowd down in seconds. So I would just stay away. And, and I get it. You want to see aliens? You think they're all going to be all cute and cuddly like E.T. and shit? You don't know that. They might have fucking predators out there. Big 10-foot-tall motherfuckers with dreadlocks. Or worse, they might have the, the the xenomorphs from the Alien franchise. Then what are you going to do? You know, you're going to come back to Vegas pregnant with some life form that's going to bust out of your stomach at dinner time and kill me anyway. Anyway, let's talk about group shows. Got to mention at the top of the show uh, that I cuss a lot, so I apologize if your children are in the vicinity. But let's keep it real: kids aren't angels, you know that, right? They're not. And if you don't believe me, sneak up behind them one day while they're playing Fortnite, see what they're really made of. I um, I recently did that. My son, he was in his room playing Fortnite, and I kind of creeped by. And he's got the headset on with the microphone, so he's talking to the other people playing. And oh my God, my heart just broke. Profanity. You know, this whole time I'm, I'm thinking I'm raising a choir boy. It turns out he's a goddamn gangster rapper. So I burst in his room and I'm like, son, where did you learn to speak like that? Who taught you that? He looked up at me. He said, from you, okay? I learned it from watching you. <laughs> That's actually a joke. That, that, that's actually a reference from uh, the Just Say No era in the 1980s. Look it up. <laughs> anyway, group shows. As I mentioned earlier, my absolute favorite thing to do as a curator because it is fun. No one artist has to carry an entire show by themselves. 
The audience is treated to a variety of different styles. Uh, artists can cross promote and share each other's audiences with each other. It's just fun. So today we're going to be talking about how to organize and curate your own group show. And we're also going to be talking about the etiquette of being an artist invited into someone else's group show, like another gallery or something. Um, but we'll start with curating your own because that's what I urge most of you to do, especially if you're just starting out. Now, to a lot of you out there listening, uh, this is going to be common sense shit. And I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence out there, but you'd be surprised at the little things that we overlook, especially when we're first getting started and we're trying to do things the right way. Um, so bear with me if you are already a little bit more seasoned than some of the rest of the people out there. All right. So we're going to start with organizing your own group show. Naturally, the first thing you need is a space, a place to do it. And pretty much any place that has walls and electricity will do. Once you have that in place, now it's time to start thinking about what type of show you want to do, what kind of presentation. And, I, and look at it as if you were curating the track listing for a movie soundtrack. And I use that as a reference uh, because a soundtrack has to have a certain flow. If it's a horror film, most of the music you hear is going to be some scary shit, naturally. If it's a romantic comedy, it's highly unlikely you're going to hear death metal. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, you don't have to have a theme. I've been to plenty of group shows that didn't. They just kind of do an open call and artists can submit whatever they want. The only issue I would take with that is when you do it that way, you run the risk of continuity issues, right? So you might have one artist who submits like some cutesy Hello Kitty type work. And then the very next artist sends you some dark Iron Maiden album cover type stuff. And now you got these two contrasting works. But I've seen it happen at group shows. I just went to one recently that was like that. You know, so you could do it that way if you want. I choose to have a theme. And by theme, I mean, I might say, okay, the show is called The Art of Happiness. So we'd like your work to reflect that happiness, colorfulness, you know, and all that. And then the artist can interpret that however they want and do it, you know, in their style. Also, as the organizer slash curator, you have the option of doing an open call for any artist anywhere to submit work to your show, or you can hand select the artist that you already know will fit whatever it is you're trying to do. Uh, I choose to go with the latter. I like to handpick the artist uh, because if we do an open call at M Modern, we show lowbrow, pop surrealism, and street art. If we just do an open call from artists, we're going to get all kinds of abstracts and impressionistic paintings and stuff that it may be good, but it just doesn't fit our client base. So we'll have no use for it. So it's up to you how you want to do it. Whatever makes you the most comfortable. Just make sure you give yourself at least two months in advance. Like from the time you contact the artist and get confirmation of who wants to be in, this should be two, at least two months before the actual event because they need time to create it and you need time to do what you need to do to make sure that the, the show flows smoothly, like promotion and stuff like that. Now, I like to give myself six months advance notice uh, because a lot of the artists I work with are in other cities and a lot of them have very busy schedules where they're doing shows year round. So I hope that they can fit me in their roster and six months gives them time to figure that out 
you know, but you might not need that much, but at least give yourself and the artists you're going to be working with at least two months. Now, if this is your first organizing of a group show, I would suggest you keep it local. I would suggest you not solicit artists in other cities or states because once you start dealing with shipping and insurance and all that stuff, it can get really complicated and overbearing because if it doesn't sell, guess who has to ship it back? You do. So I would suggest just keeping it local. That way it's easy to just go pick up the pieces yourself or have them drop them off at your gallery or studio. And it's just so much easier when you're starting out. So how do you solicit and approach artists to be in your group show? Well, you can do this a number of ways. You can go visit them at their studios and let them know, hey, you know, I'm a fan of your work. I'm having a group show. I'd love for you to be in it. And if they say yes, cool, shake hands. You can hit them up on Instagram, Facebook, or any other social media site. But once you get your lineup complete and all the artists who you want to be in the show have agreed to be in the show, then you want to follow up with a uniform email that all of them receive it has the same information. Everybody understands what to expect from you and what you expect from them. Because, hey, you're an artist. You know how your brain works. Sometimes you don't always have the best memory. And you want to avoid any confusion in the future. Um, I mean, come on. You're an artist. You know how your brain works. You know, your brain is for creativity. It doesn't always serve as the best memory recorder. And if you don't clarify these things in writing... You're going to have artists say, oh, I thought you meant drop the piece off at this time. Oh, I thought you said to pick it up at that time. I thought you said I could do that. I thought you said that you would do this. You want to avoid all that in the future. So I'm going to tell you what should be in this email that every artist who's going to participate in your show should receive. It's in no particular order, but these are just points that you want to clarify. Get yourself a pencil and a piece of paper and write these down. I'll wait. Okay, that's enough waiting. All right, first of all, if there is a theme, you want to clarify what that theme is right there in writing. Um, next, size restrictions. It's a group show. You're limited on space. If you do not put size restrictions, trust me, you will have some artist who wants to show off and hijack your show with a piece the size of a door. <laughs> so have size restrictions and make it clear what they are. Next, um, specify how many pieces the artists are allowed to submit. Uh, if it's a group show that has a lot of artists and very limited space, then you probably want to limit it to one piece per artist. But if there is space, then, you know, and you can take one, two or three pieces, then let them know that. Be clear. Now, this is very important. Be very clear about the commission split. Generally, in a gallery situation, it's a 50-50 split. 50% goes to the artist, 50% goes to the gallery. Uh, but, you know, it's there's no rules to it. You can make whatever uh, agreement you want with your artist, but you want to make it clear right here in writing. Whatever your percentage is, make it clear. Um, inform the artist that all art must be ready to hang. Because believe me, artists will drop stuff off if you don't say anything, and you'll have to figure out how you're going to hang it on the wall. They already have to have it ready to hang, and you have to make that clear uh, because you don't want to run the risk of trying to wire somebody's piece and you accidentally damage it. That's not your job. That's their job as the artist. That's part of their presentation. Let them know. Make it clear. 
that when they drop their piece off to you, it must be ready to hang. Um, glass frames. I would suggest not accepting work that is inside a glass frame uh, for the simple fact that glass breaks and it cuts. Not only cuts people, it also can fuck the painting up. Uh, you know, because an artist might drop off a piece with you in a glass frame and, you know, without a hitch, everything's fine. And then something happens once the artist is gone and the piece is in your care where it breaks. And then now one of the slivers of glass has cut across their canvas or their drawing or whatever it is. And guess who's going to be liable for it? Responsible for it. So I would suggest not allowing glass frames. Um, instead, go with plexiglass. Let them know plexiglass because it's more durable and it's shatterproof. If they must have it in a frame, go with plexiglass. Um, be sure to let the artist know to promote the show on their official Instagram and Facebook accounts. This is going to do wonders for you in the promotional department. You know, so, uh, we, you know, we generally ask artists to promise to make at least three posts on their official accounts, not on their little, you know, uh, side account where they, you know, share cooking secrets or whatever. On their official art account, we ask that they, you know, promote it at least three times leading up to the show uh, with whatever hashtags are relevant to the show and all that. So make sure you make that clear. Next, and this one is very important. Make sure you clearly state the date, time, and place to drop off and pick up artwork once the show is over. And if you're importing work from another state, then it's up to you how you're going to figure out shipping forward and backward. Uh, but trust me, you want to make sure this is clear because if you don't, you will have artists showing up an hour before the actual show, sometimes during the actual show, sometimes a day after the show. Uh, and then when it comes to pickup, you have artists leave their artwork with you for two years and then come back for it. So you don't want to deal with this. So you want to be absolutely clear, you know, uh, how you, how you what you expect from them as far as pickup and drop off. All right, and uh, finally, make sure you have the personal cell phone number of each participating artist um, in case you need to contact them immediately. Uh, if you're going to be doing a show and the show ends up being super big and there's tons of people, it's not always easy to just find artists and you might need them. Somebody might want to do an interview. A potential buyer might have some questions that, that need answering. And you want to be able to call them and say, hey, uh, come over here. I need you right now. I'm standing by your piece, you know, because artists would be outside smoking weed somewhere. They'll, they'll, they'll just disappear on you. So <laughs> that's it. Just make sure that when you do your call, you have those items there. If there's, you know, additional things that you feel like you need, make sure that's on there. But you want to have this in writing. You want to do this through email so that there is a paper trail. If the artist ever tries to say, oh, I never said that. I never agreed to that. Well, you kind of did. Here it is. And every other artist in the show will back you up because they say, yeah, we got the exact same email. OK, so now that you got all that out of the way, you got your lineup ready. Now it's time to start promoting. And you could do this a number of ways. You can do physical flyers uh, that you hand out. Uh, don't pass them out at other people's art openings. Like, that's really tacky. Now, if you have an arts district or something like that, you know, maybe there's some venues around there that allow you to set your flyers there 
or you could pass them out, you know, as people walk by on the street, but never go into someone else's opening and start promoting your show. That's just not cool. Or unless they give you permission to do so. Next, write up a press release. Now, I know this may seem intimidating to someone who's never done it, but it's easy. Uh, and Google is your best friend. Whenever you have to do something that you've never done before, go to Google. Somebody will tell you how to do it. That's how I learned. Uh, my first press release came from a template that I got from Google, and I just re-switched their words out with mine. You know, so um, when you when you do your press release, send it to every media outlet in your you know in your city or town. Okay, not just the weekly rags. Uh, send it to the major newspapers and magazines. Uh, and also send it to the television news media because you never know the day that your show is it might be a slow news day and they have nothing else to cover. So they'll send somebody out uh, or, you know, one of these media outlets in your area might that might be the time that they decide that they want to start focusing more on arts and culture. And boom, now you've got a write up or a news report. So definitely write up uh, a press release and send it to every news outlet in your area. So now you're ready to rock and roll. Hopefully all of the artists get their pieces to you on time. Hopefully somebody in the local media will be interested to come out and cover your story and you'll have a successful show. Group shows are a great way to cross pollinate your audience with other artists and vice versa. You know, because every artist in the show is going to inform their friends and their family who will show up to the show and become aware of you and your work and all the other artists in there. And all of this is something that any one of you out there listening can do. It's not rocket science. Even if you've never had any experience as a curator, this is something you can do. And it's not only going to do wonders for your artistic career, you're also helping other artists out who will be happy to return the favor later on if they're able to. So that is how to do your own group show. All right. So you just got an email from a gallery or an independent curator who says, hey, I really like your work. I want to put you in this group show. It's exciting. Now, first of all, the first thing you have to do is make sure that it's not a vanity gallery. If you want to know what a vanity gallery is, listen to the last episode and I'll explain it. Once you confirm it's not a vanity gallery, you're in business. You're ready to rock and roll. But there's rules. There's things you should and shouldn't do if ever invited to someone else's group show. And we're going to talk about that after I read these emails. And I only have two, so this will be quick. Uh, if you would like to email me here at the show, email address is imakeyouslick at gmail.com. Again, that's imakeyouslick at gmail.com. Please do not send me messages for the show on Facebook or Instagram. Facebook gets on my nerves because I don't like having to go to a separate app to check my messages. And Instagram, sometimes I don't get the notification. So your message might be sitting there forever before I get to it. So always hit me up on imakeyouslick at gmail.com. Okay, this first one, which is short, 
comes from GS, who says, just showing support and love from SoCal, San Diego. Love the podcast. Keep them coming. Thanks a lot, GS. I love San Diego, man. I used to be there every summer for San Diego Comic-Con. And actually, my partners at M Modern were just there last week representing the Shag store. Uh, so love San Diego, man. And I appreciate you writing this email. Thanks a lot. This next one and final one comes from KS, who says, Hey, Iceberg, I just heard of your show from Instagram, and I'm glad I found it. Thank you. I am a 22-year-old artist from Denver, Colorado, and I just had my first show in March, and it was the greatest feeling in the world. My problem is my job. I work full-time as a porter in a popular bar restaurant. I make good money, but the job leaves me very little time to work on my art. I want to be a professional artist. At what point should I make the leap and quit the job to pursue my dream? Thanks in advance. I'm telling my friends about your show. Thanks a lot, KS. I totally understand where you're coming from, but don't quit your job. Trust me. Right? The starving artist is a real thing. You don't want to be that. So <laughs> don't quit your job. Um, you're 22. You got enough energy to do both. You can work eight hours full time at this job and still come home and have enough energy and time to work on your craft if this is what you really want. Now, at 22, I know that this is your social years. Your friends are going out, going to parties, going to clubs, and they want to drag you along and you're tempted to go. But you got to have some self-discipline, right? I've never seen anybody put 100 percent of themselves into something and fail unless they were unrealistic about what it was they wanted to do. Like for me, if, if I don't care how much I want to be a singer, how much time I spend doing it, how much I sacrifice to do it. It's not going to happen because my vocal cords just ain't set up like that. But if you're an exceptional artist and you're self-aware enough to know where your weaknesses are and you have enough self-discipline to work on those weaknesses, then you're not going to fail. Right. Go to work, come home, work on your craft. You're going to save a shit ton of money too, not going out and kicking it all the time. Right. The only thing you should be spending money on if this is what you really want is food, art supplies, and uh bills that's it you know you're gonna make it man you're 22 you got plenty of time man you live in denver denver's got a strong art scene you sh you know you, you can still work and organize some shows there in your city uh get involved with other people who are doing shows group shows like what we're talking about today look out for other opportunities you know around the country for shows and gallery opportunities and if you're stacking your money, you'll have enough to go on these road trips to go check out some of these openings, shake some hands and, and make yourself known. So, yeah, man, I, when I first started uh, running the Arts Factory, I worked at a strip club in Vegas and not as a stripper. Uh, but sometimes I'd work 10 hours, you know, if it was convention season or something. Yet I still had to make it to the Arts Factory to make sure the gallery was operational and my studio was open. So. There's no excuses, man. Doesn't sound like you have any kids. It sounds like it's just you and that job, man. Keep that job, stack your money, and start to you know work on your reputation as an artist. And I promise you that it will start to connect and make sense. And before you know it, you will be a full-time professional artist. I promise you that. If you'd like to email me here at the show, I make you slick at gmail.com. <laughs> Oh, my God.
group show etiquette, what to do, what not to do, if you ever get invited to be in a group show. Now, of course, this list is going to be shorter than the last one because this is just for the artists. The curator's list is going to be longer because there's more steps to it. Artists just have to show up with their piece and avoid doing these things. Now, this list is in no particular order, but these are all things that I have witnessed artists do over the year, years, and I'm just informing you of what not to do because it really gets on people's nerves. Number one, do not ever send unsolicited work to a group show. And if you do, do not expect to get it back. Actually, this actually happened. We did, this is some years back. We were doing a group show. Now, we hang the show uh, two days before the actual opening. So it's hang day. We're hanging the, the work. We have all the work, you know, stacked against the wall where it's going to go. And we discovered there was an extra piece that's, that wasn't on the documentation. So we were like, uh, what, where did this piece come from? Now, the work wasn't good, right? It was a, it was a minotaur. <laughs> is, that, is that what you call it? Like he's got a man's body, but like a, a cow head or a bull head. <laughs> and uh, it, it looked like the cover to some kind of fantasy, fan, cheesy fantasy romance novel. It was, it, it was badly done. <laughs> so not only were we wondering which one of us in the gallery accepted this piece, we were wondering who, who the artist was. And so we finally came to the conclusion that this was just a piece that somebody sent us that wasn't supposed to send us a piece. You know, they weren't invited. They weren't okay to be in the show. So we, you know, naturally we didn't hang it. We just kind of put it off to the side. And I don't know what ended up happening to the piece. I know that none of us took it home. We definitely wouldn't have been able to sell it, but it got lost somewhere. Do you know that about four or five months later, this guy called the gallery demanding his piece back. <laughs> so at first we're confused, like, I'm sorry, sir, we don't know what you're talking about. And then he says, it's the Minotaur. <laughs> we were like, oh, my God. And it was it was fun. But he was really mad and he threatened to sue us. Uh, we, we never heard from any lawyers or anything. But, yeah, never do that, right? If, if, there's, a, if there's a group show and they didn't accept you, just accept that. Like, don't. Don't think you're going to send your piece to the gallery and you're like, hmm, I don't know who did this, but I'm hanging it. It's probably not going to happen for you. Number two, ask questions if you have them, right? When they send you the email, like once they've accepted you, when they send you the email of the rules and expectations for the show, if there's anything on there that's not clear, ask, right? If they don't have size restrictions, ask about that. You know, don't just assume, well, they didn't say anything, so I'm going to do this big-ass window piece, you know, because then you might get there and they'll be like, dude, we can't show this. It's too big, you know? And yes, it is, it's going to be their fault that they didn't specify or clarify, but you should be proactive in that. If you have any questions, if you want to do something and you're not sure if you can, ask. Number three. And these are in no particular order because I'm looking at this list and I see some important shit mixed in with some pretty not that important shit and then more important. Sh so yeah, these are all over the place. Number three, do not hate on other people's work during the show. I have seen artists do this 
<laughs> and it's, 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 it's bad. It's bad for business. It's bad, definitely bad for your reputation. Um, but I, I have seen artists who are in the show hating on other artists in the show. Like, yeah, this piece sucks. I don't even know how it got in here. And, uh, I don't know if I, I mentioned that on the first episode with the reputation, the reputation episode, but yeah, that, that'll ruin your reputation. Don't do that. Next one. Um, and this goes right with the ask one. Uh, do not hijack a group show by doing a big ass piece unless the gallery says it's okay. Don't just show up with the big ass piece. And I get it. You want to show off. You want to show everybody how cool you are. But unless, you know, if they don't have size specifications, ask before you just assume that it's okay to do a big ass piece because that's not fair and it makes you look like an asshole unless everyone's doing big ass pieces. Uh, this next one here, dude, these are all over the place. Um, don't get drunk. <laughs> all right. Cause you know, art shows have wine. Sometimes I have a full bar, free drinks for the artists. Don't get fucked up. If you're going to get fucked up, do it at the after party after your show. But you know, if the, especially if you're new to this, you don't want that to be people's first impression of you. I got a few stories. Uh, one of them, and I'm not going to say any names, but one artist, world famous today, but at the time was just coming up, got really drunk before the show, and ended up saying some disrespectful shit to some women artists who are also world famous today. <laughs> and uh, they still to this day have this view of him. Uh, that he's a jerk. So don't get drunk, man. Uh, you know, just pace yourself, know your limits and be responsible. If you're going to get fucked up, do it away from the gallery. Cause again, you don't want to make that your first impression. All right. Next one here. Uh, do not approach collectors. Never do this. Okay. Uh, because you know, in every art scene, there's collectors. Every gallery's got collectors. And sometimes other artists point them out, say, ooh, that person buys a lot of art. And so you as an artist might decide that you want to, you know, go make an impression and meet this collector. Listen, collectors can be just as eccentric as artists. We have collectors who never want to meet the artist because they feel that if they like a piece and they want to buy it, but then they meet the artist and they don't like the artist then they're not going to want the piece anymore. Right. We do have collectors like that. And you could be shooting, shooting yourself in the foot. Trust me, if the collector wants to meet you, they will inform the gallerist or other artists. They'll say, hey, who, who did this piece? I want to meet this person. You know, so don't don't do that. And that goes along with this next one here. Never interrupt at a group show. Never interrupt a potential buyer while they're enjoying the show to get them to go to your piece. Like that pisses everyone off, especially whichever artist was next to be seen by the potential buyer. So, yeah, don't do that. Um, instead, just stand by your piece, stand near it and just wait for that potential buyer to eventually make their way around to your piece then it's perfectly okay to initiate conversation, you know, while they're looking at your piece, right? And then, you know, who knows? They might like you and buy it, or you may fuck everything up because they don't like you and now they're not going to buy your piece. So um, just, you know, don't do that. It's not fair. Just let people do what they do. 
All right. Um, this next one, uh, th- this this was in the reputation episode. Uh, do not badger the gallery owner, curator, or other artists all night. You know, I get it. You know, you might have finally gotten to show in a gallery you've been really wanting to, or you're getting to show with artists uh, that you look up to. Uh, and it's okay to go and introduce yourself and say hi, um, engage in a little bit of conversation, but don't spend the night following anyone around or involving yourself in existing conversations that they're having with other people because that could wear out your welcome. Uh, you know, so yeah, don't do that. Next one. If you submit work to a group show and you do not get accepted, do not show up at the opening and confront the curator or juror or what have you, because it's not a good look. And, you know, and and there could have been a number of reasons why you didn't get accepted for this particular show. Maybe we love your work. It's just you weren't right for this particular lineup. We want to use you in the future. But if you come in and, you know, cussing at us and yelling at, oh, how come my piece didn't make it? I'm better than this artist and that artist. Because trust me, I have had that happen. And you're just guaranteeing yourself that you're never going to get a show. Instead, what you should do is wait for normal business hours. And, you know, either come in or call or email and ask, hey, you know, I submitted a piece for the show and I was wondering what I could do to improve upon my work uh, to get a a future opportunity. See, that's a different approach. You know, that's a more professional, a more respectful approach. And you're going to get better, better response um, than if you just come in and start yelling and screaming at people. So. This final one, this final one is very important. And I have a heartbreaking example to go with it. Um, Make sure you get your piece to the gallery on time, right? And if for whatever reason in that email they're supposed to send you, they don't list a drop-off time and, and location, then that's when you ask. That's when you call or email and say, hey, what's my deadline? When does my piece have to be there? So we were doing, um, this was years ago, we were doing the first Crime on Canvas show. Now, Crime on Canvas is a, uh, a partnership uh, between M Modern and a group called Window Media. Uh, and this was, at the time, the biggest lowbrow pop surrealism display in Las Vegas history. It was at the Hard Rock Hotel, and everyone was in this show. And I'm talking from Ron English to Shag, to um, Justin Bua, Crayola. Uh, it was just the biggest names. Uh, Mark Ryden was in there. It, it was a big show. And so a lot of young up-and-coming artists got an opportunity to be on this show because that was my thing, breaking new artists. So there was a kid who was from the Bay Area, and he was so nervous about showing alongside such big names that he kept second guessing himself and he kept painting and repainting and trying to perfect his painting. And so by the time he was done, he discovered that he couldn't send it through UPS or FedEx because it wouldn't get there in time. And so what he did was he got, he jumped in his car and drove all the way from the Bay area to Las Vegas. Now that's like a 10 hour drive like a nine and a half, 10 hour drive. 
and he came straight to the Hard Rock Hotel. But by the time he got there, he was about two hours away from showtime. The show was already hung. There was nothing we could do for him because in order to accommodate his piece, we would have had to move all the because we had hundreds of pieces, literally. Well, probably about 100 pieces in this. That's how big this group show was. And there was just no way for us to put his work in there. And the poor kid cried, you know, I mean, started bawling, you know, because he, he, it was so important to him that he got into the show. He was trying his best, but he was, he was late and he got there two hours before showtime and there was nothing we could do for him. I felt really bad for him, but the business side of me was like, Hey dude, come on. We had an agreement. You didn't make it. Uh, I did end up being able to show him later on, you know, in a different show. Um, but don't be that artist, man. Be on time. Be punctual with your work. And if they don't have the drop-off time listed, then um, call, ask. And that's it, folks. That's all I got. I'm pretty sure you got some more. And I want to hear from you. Hit me up at I make you slick at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast in Apple iTunes, CastBox, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and tell your people and your friends about it. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. Follow me, iceberg underscore slick. You can find uh, the gallery M Modern Gallery at M Modern Gallery on Instagram as well. Yeah, so as always, people, stop hating, start painting. You won't be sad. Peace.